Nashville Predators fall to the Winnipeg Jets 2 to 1 in overtime in a game that wasn't as close as the overtime score would seem to indicate. Today we celebrate UC Soros single-handedly trying to will the Predators back into relevancy and what do we have to do to get some offense? We'll talk about it today on the Locked On Predators podcast. Locked On Predators, your daily podcast on the Nashville Predators, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you for making Locked On Predators your first listen of the day every single day. We are your free Nashville Predators podcast that's available to you wherever you get your podcast and on YouTube. I'm Nick Morgan. I'm a writer and editor at OnTheForeCheck.com, and I have a partner in crime. You do. I am Ann Kimmel. I'm a writer and editor at InsideThePreds.com. It's getting harder and harder to talk about these Preds games, and Oh, man. Yeah. Oh, man. Oh, man. Yeah. Having to hit the thesaurus these days for a, uh, for a <laughs> one word, because... It's these last handful of games. I mean, these are difficult games to recap. And here we are again. Yeah, it's I'm struggling to come up with one words just because I've banged my head into the wall so many times during these Predators power plays that uh, I think I've lost the brain cells to come up with creativity on this one. Yeah. Uh, so Nashville Predators took on the Winnipeg Jets last night. Uh, Philip Forsberg got things started halfway through the first period with a one nothing goal, and you're thinking, yay, okay, good start. Yeah. Uh, Jets tied it late in the first period, and then came the floodgates in terms of shots. The Winnipeg Jets threw everything they could on the Predators' net. A lot of high-danger chances. Uh tw- what was it? 20, 20 high danger, uh, Corsi four, according to natural statric, but UC Soros closed the door on every single shot that took us to a three on three overtime. Uh, Preds had a good chance in which they didn't shoot the puck. And that led to a break the other way in which Kyle Connor's shot just trickled through. Oh. You see Saros as pads. You saw it happening in slow motion, just like you see the Predators' hopes and dreams starting to slowly fade away through the cracks of the pads. Predators get a point but lose two to one in overtime. They have now gone five straight without a win. And mm. your one word to describe last night's game. So my one word is a movie quote. I'm throwing it way back to the movie ghost with whoopi goldberg and she is if in case anybody hasn't seen this which i can't imagine but i think it's long enough ago that Uh, maybe there are people that have have you seen ghost no oh my gosh it's it's the i know the pottery scene yeah there's so much more to it the pottery scene is not there's you've got to watch this movie it's 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 got like a terrifying end like there's like demons that come and like Mm-hmm. Yeah, it'll make you think. It'll make you think. You need to watch Ghost. Oh, my goodness. So in this movie, 
Whoopi Goldberg, one of her best performances ever. She plays this woman who fakes being a medium. Oda Mae Brown is her name. But then Patrick Swayze's character, Sam, is murdered, and she actually can hear him. And so he sends her to his girlfriend, Molly, from the pottery scene to warn her that the guy that is befriending her is the one who murdered him. And so Patrick Swayze wants Whoopi Goldberg to tell Demi Moore's character, like, you're you're in trouble, you know, so tell her what I say word for word. And she's like, okay, fine. He wants me to tell you what he's saying word for word. And Patrick Swayze says, Molly, you are in danger. And she said, you just can't blurt it out like that. I'm going to tell her in my own way. <laughs> and then Whoopi Goldberg just gets, it's, it's just iconic. It's an iconic movie line. She looks at Demi Moore and she says, Molly, you in danger, girl. And that is my one word for these Nashville predators. <laughs> predators, you in danger, girl. You in danger, girl. You in danger, girl. I mean, all these people want to show their graphs and analytics and charts and all of that. And all of that is useful information. But at the end of the day, sometimes you just need someone to say it plainly. And so I am saying it plainly. Predators, you in danger, girl. You in danger. Do you, you think danger. like Patrick Swayze's character... That's like the spirit of Barry Trotz and uh, Peter Laviolette, like hovering around uh, John Hines, yes. being like, being like, buddy, John Hines, you in danger, my bald girl. You in danger, girl. Yeah, you. you I in know because it's somebody's starting, in danger. We, we talked about it the other day, and it's starting to get that vibe. It's starting to get that vibe where it's like, it looks like the players, like the intensity is just not there. Yeah. Uh, it's just like the, the fan discourse is there. The disinterest is there. And I think you're going to start to see, you know, if the Preds have another couple of bad performances Ooh. and, you know, we got a couple of games at home. If there is just like a lot of empty seats in that crowd and everybody's quiet and nobody's making noise and you hear a few boos or fire Heinz chance breakout. We're going to have to have that conversation. And yeah. like, we're right, going to have to have that conversation. First of all, there's no reason to do a fire Heinz chant at Bridgestone. If people take part in that, like, let me be the maternal person. That's like, they're, knock that off. They're going to have it. I'm not saying they probably aren't, but I think that is so tactless. Like I then please cordially invite me to your workplace where I will decide if your performance deserves me standing there chanting at you. Just tactless. But here's what I will say. Can you imagine if the Nashville Predators have a power play at Bridgestone Arena and they don't score? I mean, the, it is 100% a boo fest. Yeah. I mean... What are they? This weekend they got, well, they got Colorado in Colorado tomorrow. Thank goodness for Colorado. Yeah. And then the next home game is at home against Edmonton again. I mean, it's going to get rough, y'all. And then the next home game after that is against Colorado. So, I mean, look, there is, there is some opportunity and, when you look at the schedule, there's a road game at Chicago in between all mm -hmm. that and the Blackhawks right. playing bad. And if the Predators go against the Chicago Blackhawks and they can't beat them, 
Oh gosh. Is, is that the catalyst? Is that the, I mean, mm -hmm. you would hate to be like, be the guy that fires your head coach or anybody right before Christmas. But yeah. Um, if, I mean, if they, if they can't get through this next stretch and at least look good, I mean, then that's the thing. And like, let's pretend you go to like Colorado this weekend and you lose like, you know, three, two or four, three or something like that. But you look really good. Like you have some really good chances on goal. Your power play uh, gets some really good shots. Like you, you yeah. start looking like you have a chance to win that game. Yeah. That, I mean, that's to me would be enough to maybe be like, okay, let's, let's see where that goes. But mm -hmm. if they get through this next week and a half and they play the way they did last night and the game before last night and the game before last night and the game before last night, mm -hmm. then yeah. we're going to have to have the, okay, something has to change other than, you know, a couple of lineup shuffles, like something major. And maybe it's not firing the head coach. Right. Like maybe it's not making a change. Maybe you need to make a huge roster move. Maybe you need to make a call up from Milwaukee, one that you didn't, we're hoping not to make everybody knows the one I'm talking about. Tommy like, Novak. <laughs> Tommy Novak too <laughs> would be a huge boost. Maybe, you know, a couple of your depth players go on waivers or something like that. Um, you have to do something drastic to shake up this team. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. And my one word comes from game of Thrones. Okay. This is in celebration of UC Saros. It's Jon Snow, specifically one scene of Jon Snow. Uh, the Battle of the Bastards, the maybe the second or third best Game of Thrones episode of all time. Uh, there's two or three in the in from the end of season six that were in that conversation. But mm -hmm. there's one scene in particular. It's been memed. It's uh, been all over the internet. It's, you know, Jon Snow has, you know, charged the lines, trying to save uh, his little brother. Uh, and then Ramsey Bolton, you know, shoots the little brother with an arrow, can't save him. Now Jon Snow is left unprotected right in the middle of the field. And uh, the Boltons send their entire army out against them. And there's this shot where Jon Snow sees everybody coming. There's like nobody next to him, nobody around him. And all of the army is coming at him. So he just draws his sword, takes a deep breath and holds it. And he's mm -hmm. just standing there. And this, the iconic shot is just Jon Snow ready for battle with his one sword fighting the entire army. The entire army is coming at him. And it's just one guy with a sword. Worked out for him in the end. Spoiler alert: If you've never seen Game of Thrones, but, I haven't. But I appreciate the. I appreciate knowing. But that's like that's like the UC Saros. Yes. Shot right there. Um, you know him all alone, single-handedly trying to keep the predators in contention because. You look, I know, you know, we laugh at analytics sometimes. Well, not laugh, but, you know, we're like, yeah. you know, sometimes skeptic at analytics and stuff. And, but you look at the analytics from last night, Winnipeg should have won this game like five to one. 
The fact 100%. that the Preds stole a point out of this. Miraculous. One of the best goaltending performances of the year. Mm-hmm. Like, give UC Soros a fruit basket. At because least. he was out there by himself with that with that sword ready to take on the Jets army. I mean, the man is doing everything he can to will the Predators into being a relative or, uh, you know, a good team this season. Yes. Yeah. He was the best, dare I say, almost only outstanding performance of the night. UC Soros carried that team. And you felt it about a third of the way into the second period. You thought, you know what? We're tied 1-1. If the Nashville Predators somehow squeak out a win this is going to be one of those wins you just don't feel great about you know and you have those in an 82 game season you have games that you steal in an 82 game season but this was going to be one of those games that you see sorrows single-handedly single-handedly won for the nashville predators and i mean he ended up not being able to do that but he got them a point thank you to uc Soros. i mean this team was not in this game Um, They had a couple of, you know, they had some good things happen. There were some players who had pretty good games, but overall profound under in underperformance, profound under underperformance. can't say that. It's a lot harder to say those two words together than you would think. Well, it's, it's a lot harder for the players to play hockey lately too. Um, More from this game coming up, including one guy and that I did think, have a pretty good performance mm-hmm. uh other other than uc stars of course and the million dollar question the one we've been asking for two weeks now what do the predators need to do to get some offense we'll do that in a second but first uh today's show is brought to you by the national highway transportation safety administration drive sober or get pulled over campaign you guys know the deal you're hanging out with some friends at a holiday party, putting back a few beer brews, and a few become a too many. Parties winding down at the end of the evening. People start to head out. You think of calling for a ride, but hey, you live down the street. It's going to be okay. You can make it home, all right? It's no big deal, right? That is very, very wrong. Because, hey, even if you don't get pulled over, your insurance goes up. You lose your license, lose your job, total your car. There's so much that can happen when you drive drunk. Everybody knows about the risk of driving drunk. The results are tragic and often deadly. However, that still doesn't stop everyone from getting behind the wheel while under the influence. That's why police officers are out there right now looking for impaired drivers on our roads to save lives. So if you think it's okay to drive after a few drinks, think again. Guys, play it safe. Plan ahead to get a ride. It only takes one mistake to change your life or someone else's forever. So drive sober or get pulled over. All right, Ann. It's been about two weeks and it just seems like this Preds offense keeps getting more and more anemic by the day. Yeah. You know, Philip Forsberg scored last night. It was only his ninth goal. Remember, he'd had 42 last season. 
you know, there's just so many people across the board, not just the big guns that are underperforming. We've talked about it so, so much, guys like Alexander Carrier only have one point this year. Tanner Janot only six points. Yakov Trenin hasn't been able to find the score sheet since his return to the lineup. There's just so many people that had good seasons last year that you were kind of hoping would take another big step this year that just aren't getting it done. So what do you have to do? Like, what do you do to make this Preds offense viable again? Because look, we can, it's fine if one or two people regress or don't, you know, you know, it's, or if they don't repeat the seasons they had last year, that's understandable. Sure. But for everybody, I mean, literally, and everybody, everybody's roster is, has taken a step back. Yeah. There is not one player from last year who you can point to and say, you know what, they're continuing how well they played last year or they've improved. Yeah, There really isn't one player that you can say that about from last season. And like you said, set aside the record-setting seasons, you know, for Forsberg, Duchesne, Roman Yossi, they're not even back to their average season. They're playing poorly. This team is playing poorly. And, you know, people are very upset about David Poyle and people are obviously very upset with John Hines. But what you have is a roster that is literally full of players who are underperforming. They're underperforming. And, you know, yeah, at some point that becomes a problem that John Hines ultimately is responsible for. And you look at some of the things that he's done to try to get these players going. I mean, he has worked with the lines. He has switched people around in games. If somebody is is going, he's bumping them up to try to get some momentum on other lines. And you can argue for or against that. You can say, hey, you need to just leave these lines together. They're not getting chemistry. Or you can say, yes, this is what you do. If you've got a hot hand, you kind of bump them up and see if they can kind of spread that. So you can go back and forth on how the best way is to coach this. But the bottom line is this team is profoundly underperforming. You cannot look at anyone. You mentioned UC Saros, and I think we probably agree on who the other player, maybe two players are that, that performed, you know, well in the game last night. Right. But this is a team that is effectively executing terribly. (laughs) They're just, they're playing terribly top to bottom, you know, defensively. I think the defense did a great job with what they were expected to do. I think it is a hats off to the defense. Wait, wait a minute. Wait, wait a minute. Let's, let's, did the defense? Look, they got a lot of shots, but, and UC Saros should get credit for the score, but you're looking at a defense that basically you have three guys, you know, you've brought in Kevin Gravel, you've brought in Jordan Gross, you brought in Roland McEwen, you know, and they're playing against the Winnipeg Jets. This is a team Uh, that is hugely (laughs) offensive. You know, so considering what they had to work with and what they faced, I thought, you know, okay, the defense, that was okay. You know, I can excuse that. I can, I can excuse that. But offensively, you got to be offense. You in trouble, girl. (laughs) Like, 
and I almost wonder, do you know how sometimes if you, this, they talk about this on Ted Lasso, which you got me hooked on, where if you yeah. say a word too many times, it becomes this weird word. Yeah. And it's almost like hockey has become this weird word for a lot of these players where they're almost, they're, something is so off that it is a weird word. Executing a play is a weird word. And you watch what Winnipeg is doing. You watch the the plays that they are connecting on. You watch yeah. what how something unfolds for them offensively. And I sat there last night and I thought, why aren't the Predators doing that? And it's yeah. like, has it become a weird word? Are they in their head? Are they so discombobulated that they can't say, you know, plan, plan, plan. You know what I mean? Plan. 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 <laughs> there's there's going to be people that don't watch Ted Lasso that are like, what in God's name are they doing right now? Y'all, you heard it from Nick first, and I'm just here to affirm his brilliance. You must watch Ted Lasso. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the power play is just like almost like a like a go ahead and just fast forward four minutes kind of thing. I mean, you saw it happen last night. Prince had a four minute power play and got... I think it wound up being two shots on goal by the time all things were said and done. I mean, it's like, it's like the inverse of Leon Dreisaitl scoring. It's like, <laughs> it's like, it's just like, you know, it's going to, you know, they're not going to score. Right. Like yeah. you just, you, we can go ahead and just say, yeah, they're, that's not going to, that's not yeah. going to be a thing. Well, there's um, no incentive not to not to slash for the opposing team. There is no incentive not to do it. Yeah, I mean, like, but that's that's kind of an interesting point because you know if you're the Jets, you can just kind of count on taking the penalty. Like, if somebody's cutting in and you have a good chance, just trip them or or like right. hook them, like right. and, then, and then take your chances. You know, it's like the. Uh, it's like in soccer in the world cup where there's like kind of a, like an odd man situation the other way. And you see it midfield, like one of the defenders will just go and like bear tackle yes. the guy with the ball. And it's like, I would rather take that yellow card because mm -hmm. I know I'm going to have a better chance of giving up this goal right now than I do if we're all like settled back and have a chance to do this. Yeah, I mean, but it's in, I, I don't think any NHL team would do that, but they could. They could. Yeah. Uh, more, anyone. <laughs> more from this game and how do you fix the offense in just a minute. Uh, plus, some do want to give a shout out to one person that I think played a good game. It sounds like Ann might have another one. Yes. So want to talk about we're going to find the little teeny tiny pinpoints of sunshine from this game last night. But first, we want to thank you for making Locked on Predators your first listen today. For your second listen today, go and check out Locked on Sports today from the games that matter most to the biggest stories in sports. You can go beyond the scoreboard and behind the scenes with local experts and insight that only Locked On can provide. So check out Locked On Sports today. It's available on this app, on YouTube, and wherever you get your podcast. All right, Ann. So we, we've talked negative. Let's talk about positive. Um, I thought last night was a very, very good game from Cody Glass. Yes. 
That's oh. somebody uh, that I want to highlight too. And it's good because it seems like, you know, he, you know, had a long stint in the lineup, got brought out of the lineup for a while, almost kind of quietly just because there was so much other uh, predators discourse going on at the time, but he's come back in the lineup and very quietly, it seems like John Hines is starting to use him uh, in bigger and bigger roles. He had three shots on goal last night. Uh, and I thought for me, he was buzzing around that yes. Jets net. For me, other than an early Philip Forsberg goal, it, it's it seems like the Preds were most dangerous when Glass was out there. He was having a game. He was getting pucks into dangerous areas. He was getting the pucks on net himself. Uh, mm-hmm. He was hovering right around the net. Uh, driving to the net, trying to get himself into dangerous areas to make plays. Um, and he was like, you know, one of the very few people that look like they had a chance to score on the Jets last night. And you're kind of starting to see it because, you know, even when Glass was in the lineup, you know, he was one of those guys that like just seems like John Hines wasn't really using him mm-hmm. uh, all too much for whatever reason. But over the last three games, he's seen his ice time go up. He had almost 16 minutes the other night. He had 14 and a half last night, uh, more shifts than Tanner Janot, uh, more shifts than, you know, Mark Jankowski and Colton Sisson. So, uh, you know, you're – and it was one of the guys that had the most power play time for the Preds. Uh, so you're starting to see John Hines kind of give him – more and more opportunities and maybe this is where the leash comes off and like when your entire team is struggling that bad and you're one of the very few people that can go out there and make something happen offensively you know maybe you have to say screw it and put somebody like cody glass out there in your top six and kind of rearrange maybe ryan johansson gets bumped down to like a third line maybe you take mikhail grandland out who Oh, bless. Maybe the dumbest play of the night last night. Um, Like, maybe you reshuffle. We're going to talk about the Mikhail Granlin overtime play in a second, too. Because that was – we love Mikhail Granlin. We are – We rant and rave. But – What? Yeah. I mean, for those of you who didn't see it, Mikhail Granlund had what was basically a one-on-one chance against Connor Hellebuck. Mm-hmm. Like, yes. he was all alone in the slot. The in the slot! Closest, the two closest Jets defensemen were, like, halfway through the circles. Mm-hmm. Mikhail Granlund basically could have made a move to get a shot on goal. He could have just put it on net. Instead... Passes it back to like the trailing guy, basically out towards the blue line. Right. And by the time the puck got there, guess what? The two defensemen that were out the circles didn't have to be in the circles anymore. They were in the slot. So it's, it's like, it's basically like if you had like a penalty kick in soccer Mm-hmm. And you just, instead of kicking it, turned around and tried to make a pass to like one of your five teammates that were lined up outside the box. Just shoot the puck. Shoot the stupid puck. It's right there. What are you doing? <laughs> that's, that's the, like, 
I feel like Mugatu in like Zoolander, where I'm about to scream. I feel like I'm taking crazy pills. <laughs> Do not like the goalie's right there. The net is right there. It's right there. What are you I... doing? Shoot the puck. <laughs> you you haven't you haven't scored in like thirty weeks. And the goal, the goal is right there. You could have deked. You could have like made a sandwich while taking a shot and still had time to take the shot because the defenders were so far away. So bad. You had and time. He, and here's where like that moment right there is what makes me wonder how much of this is a mental thing with the Nashville Predators right now. How much of this is a mental thing with the Nashville? How many of them are not taking shots? How often is this team not putting that puck on the net? And if you go back and look, which I did, I'm old school. I did it on paper. I went back and looked at all of the power play goals that the Predators scored in November. And you know what the key was for all but like maybe two of them? They shot the puck. Word and amen, first of all. Yeah, they shot the puck, and there's people in the slot in front of the net, tip-ins. And now we're doing this fancy play where we're trying to Edmonton Oiler a power play. And look, I want to be the team that Edmonton Oilers a power play where you move the puck around the perimeter and then somebody sneaks down and you cross-ice pass it and they hit it past the goaltender. Because as we know, having just played the Edmonton Oilers, that play works. But also know who you are like we're the team this is a team who is just going to have to get greasy goals put traffic in front of the net what i wouldn't do i literally had a moment last night where i'm like i miss the well-timed victor arvidson hop screen because we're just we've got a guy sometimes on the power play in front of the goaltender but mostly he's just sort of fighting for position and not moving much Like, it's so painful. Just stop trying to be what you're not. Stop thinking. They are, they are, it feels like this team is so in their heads. And you can say this is not a winning roster. You can say that this is not a Stanley Cup final team. And and I don't know that, I mean, I'm not here to tell you that this roster is a Stanley Cup final team. But this team is better than what we've seen these last five games. This team can perform so much better. And I think they are so, uh, I think hockey players especially can get so in their head over stuff like this. And I think the coaching staff is trying to coach them a different way to score on the power play. And I think that gets them in their head. Yeah, Y'all, we need some sage and like, I, I mean, I don't even know what else. Sage and Lysol. I don't know what we need to do to clear this out. But the Nashville Predators, girl, you in trouble. Yeah. I mean, if, like, I I hate to say it, but do you go have to go back to the Peter Laviolette, just line up and just shoot whatever you can? Like, There's do you have medium... to go backwards a little bit? Is that now better than where we are? I mean, you just, you. There's so much more ice. It feels like than what they're playing with, 
and shoot the puck. I mean, I really do think at some point you do have to go back to go forward, go back to the basics. Like, even if this team loses, go back to where it looks like you're trying to generate something for fun. Yeah. Go, go for vibes. Go Go for vibes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Jesus, Jesus Christ. Um, So painful. So tomorrow. Oh, no. Oh, the Preds have the Colorado Avalanche. And Alma Shishkin is back. Yep. Yep. And they lost last night to the Sabres, so they're going to be feisty in Colorado, my friends. Oh, I mean, oh, no. Yeah. Um, I, yeah. I, I've got nothing else to say. Than, oh, That's our preview, well, friends. That's our well, preview. <laughs> so they have the Avalanche on Saturday, and then we'll be back in an all-new episode Monday, in which that night they play the Edmonton Oilers at Bridgestone Arena again. Uh, <laughs> Jesus Christ, Dan. <laughs> Jesus Christ. We we gotta we gotta get like some zen going on here sometime mm-hmm. soon, or you think yeah. you, you and I are just gonna spontaneously combust in an episode at some point? Yes, and that'll probably be our highest viewed episode ever. <laughs> Can't wait! All right, uh, so be join us Monday as we break down the Colorado game. Or just break down. Or just break down. <laughs> Either one is a strong possibility at this point. Um, yay, good good job, Cody Glass. Um, yeah. yeah, and where, where can people find your work? You can find my work online at insidethepreds.com. You can find me on Twitter at ANK underscore Mama on Ice. You can find me at ontheforecheck.com or wingitinmotown.com if you just want to see what another team is doing. Any other team at this point. <laughs> you can also find me on Twitter at underscore NSMorgan. Be sure to follow the show on Twitter as well, LO underscore Predators. However you're listening to this episode, whether you're listening on your favorite podcasting platform or watching on YouTube, be sure to subscribe so you always know when we have new content out. That's going to do it for today's edition of Locked on Predators. Thank you for making us your first listen of the day. We'll be back Monday, dear God, with an all-new episode. See you then.